Hello and welcome to episode 273 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is October 11th, 2021. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is my co-host Slappy Jones. Show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 273, where if we post any links to things we talk about, you can find out there. And you can also check out our sponsors or the things that we shill, libertymugs.com. The grift also, is on. Yes. And if you want to, is it a grip? Yeah, I guess it would. I be don't know. I just say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, also, if you want to learn about Bitcoin, go to 10hoursbitcoin.com and also bitcointrickle.com. Two best places to uh, learn at different paces. Wow. That's a pretty good rhyme for that. And I didn't even do that on purpose. Yeah, like nothing. Did you mute yourself, Slappy? All right, I guess Slappy dropped off the call because he should be celebrating that. Saw his microphone going muted and unmuted. I see Slappy Jones is typing. Am I here? I I, I don't hear you, Slappy. Slappy Jones is typing. You muted me. I did not mute you. I am. I'm not muted. All right. I guess we're doing this episode where I read. Can you hear me? Slappy Jones is typing. Yes. Okay. So I guess we're going to do this episode where um, I talk. And then I read Slappy's responses. I really don't want to have to start this over again. So I'm just going to bide my time. Maybe see if Slappy will jump out of the call and jump back in. I'm going to refresh. Okay. So what I could do is I could say, up oh, Slap, <laughs> Slappy just left. What I could do is like pretend that Slappy's still here and, and just read off all the things like um, uh, he's typing again and Slappy is saying, wow, I love all of your tractor references. They are the most that fantastic is not true. things in the world. Oh, you know what really stinks now? What? Um. I'm going to probably have to do a little bit of editing now. Wait, could you hear? I know because now there's another track that we lost. I missed, but could you hear me? Like it just went out. Yeah. Well, I made a fantastic, uh, little. Wait, thing the paces and places. And you didn't hear me say anything after that. No. Uh, fine. I just, but I assumed that you were just so stunned with the brilliance that, I was confused you know. when you said, like, nothing, you're not going to say anything. I'm like, I am saying things. Um, anyway, hopefully this doesn't happen again. That never happened before. No. Oh, well, first time for everything. Yep. We're continuing. Remember when, like, we used to do this and never have any problems? Yeah, I do. Are you still on your um, Apple II? thousand-year-old computer i don't have an apple computer i know but like the yeah no i have a commodore 64 there you go I'm playing quest for tires on it mm -hmm. 
instead of doing the uh, doing this call. All right. Could you hear that? I just let it match. Uh, I don't know. What are you smoking? Cigar. I know that, but <laughs> it's a house brown house brand from the local shop. They roll them down the nice. Dominican. I think it's all Dominican tobacco, but it's, uh, might have a Nicaraguan wrapper. I don't know. I always pick from their. Uh, they, they have a nice, nice blends. Maybe I'll bring some down to Florida. Is anyone going to Florida? Tom wants two thousand. Yeah, I've been seeing some people kind of talking about it on the timeline. Should be a good time. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it will be fun. You know, it was. If, if you, oh, go ahead. I was going to say if you're, if you can make it. Because of your airline. Oh, yeah. I booked on Southwest, and there was news this week that I guess their pilots aren't showing up to work. So, as a result, Slappy's becoming a very uh, interested in trying to force uh, vaccine mandates <laughs> and against yeah. anyone who protests because yes. it's affecting just, his uh, Just day-to-day. get the damn vaccine. Come on. Yeah. But what were you going to say? Uh, nothing. I was changing topics. I was going to, to Fury Wilder Saturday night, which was an incredible war. Was it good? I didn't see it. I saw the... Uh... Those two people are not people. They're not human. Right. So, you know, Wilder starts the first round throwing this long jab, keeping Fury back, and just totally abandons the game plan in the second round. Third round, he goes down. Fury knocks down Wilder. Fourth round, Wilder knocks Fury down twice. And then it goes into the 11th. Uh, Wilder gets knocked down the 10th, and then Fury ends it in the 11th. But just a battle the whole way, and they're just landing. Hey, I mean, Fury clearly won the fight. He was winning, at least in my opinion, way more rounds, was landing better punches. But Wilder never backed down. And every time you think he's going to be done, he kept coming back. It was incredible. Wow. So That's awesome. Worth the pay-per-view yeah, dollars. My perception of – well, who – was Fury supposed to win the fight? Yeah, he won the last one. Well, he really won the last two, but the first one was a draw. Right. But he got knocked in outer space in the first one, in the 12th round. I thought there was no chance he was getting up, and somehow he was like the Undertaker. He just popped back mm. up and finished the fight. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are. It was a big trilogy. I mean, these guys are like six eight, both of them six 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 eight in that range, and just monsters. Yeah, we saw uh, in uh, up in Brooklyn. Yeah. We saw Wilder. Uh, oh, he put a guy knock, on quick. knock out uh, Spilka. Yeah, the pin. we thought he was dead. It was bad. Go YouTube that right one. hook. Yeah, I think it was. Oof. I think you got him with a right hook and just put him in outer man. space. Yeah. Yeah, well, it just lights out. Yeah, he's got that power. Uh, he's got special power. And didn't realize how tough he was. I mean... Yeah, that's, like, I, I've always perceived him as a guy... Like, he's obviously a really good... He's a great fighter. He's a heavy, you know... He's a right... Big-time heavyweight. But he's he's not, like, going to be, like, the guy. I mean, Fury like was like, just clearly better. Yeah, a better boxer and was more effective with his power. But Deontay Wilder, he's got a right hand that is scary, vicious, and I just don't know how the two of them kept fighting. And 
And I was very impressed with why I thought if there was ever a loss, you could have a loss and like walk away with a ton of respect. Wilder got it. I mean, yeah. Going 11th round. I thought he was done in the third and then he knocked him down twice in the fourth, like just a tremendous, tremendous fight. Yeah. That's insane. Just to be in like, if, if anyone's ever like worked out on a, doing any sort of boxing thing and you just do, do a, a, a single round, three minutes, throwing punches at a, at a heavy bag or, or, you know, with someone you're working out with and you, you're gassed, you get, you can get gassed pretty well. And, and there's no, no one throwing punches back at you. So imagine just getting this snot kicked out of you too. And then still having gas in the tank left to come back and fight eight more I rounds. Mean, they, he left it all out there. It was great. So you have to look up, uh, so, look up some highlights. Yeah. Now I don't know what's next because Fury, I mean, Anthony Joshua lost, um, to a cruiserweight, uh, hmm. a couple of weeks ago, Alexander Usyk, Alexander Usyk. Is that who he lost to? I believe so. Usyk came up. So Usyk's got the belts, uh, from Joshua. So, I mean, does anyone really care to see Fury Usyk? I don't, but I don't know where you go from here. I don't know what you got to see if, uh, what, what, when does Babyface make the big stage? Oh, he fought on Saturday too. He was on that card. Did he? Yeah, he lost to Robert Hellenius, who is vicious. That's the second time he lost to Hellenius. Um, but he's a Bitcoiner, so I, I always root for him. Plus, yeah. we saw him. Wait, were you at that fight when he was like. Yeah, we saw, we saw him in Atlantic, Atlantic City. City. Yeah, so I've seen him a bunch of times live. And uh, it was cool seeing him when he was young like that. And then he came. That was the one when he came out and sat behind us. Yeah, his his yeah, whole his like, entourage family was right and crew. There. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're that, that was they were fun. All the Polish guys, they were cool. Really nice yeah, guy, uh, like just really friendly guy. And uh, so of he's, course he's, he's interacted with me a bit on Twitter. Hey, before. He's a Bitcoiner. Yeah, yeah, Adam Kanaki. Yeah. Um, and he's tough too. I wouldn't say want to mess with him. No, he's he's a uh, he's a bruiser. Um. Yeah, that was the fight where we saw uh, Kovalev. Kovalev, Cedric Kovalev. Agnew, maybe. Yeah, where the uh, body shot <laughs> knockout. Yeah, I remember he threw that punch, and I'm looking in, and I'm like, is he spitting up blood now? And then the ref called it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was bad. Kovalev was really. Uh, uh, that was uh, Kovalev's prime. A killer back. Then. I love Kovalev. He was a the killer. Crusher. Vicious. He strung out Gene Pascal. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was tough to watch. He was he was a psycho. Yep. We uh, was that the one where where, where we met his uh, his trainer? Was that that one? Was that the one in New York? Yeah, that was New York. And he was fighting. Yeah, we, he we was fighting. Picture. Uh, What's it? It was an easy win for him. I can't remember who he fought, but Jared Hurd fought on that car, I think. I think Jared heard fall on that card. Ah, that was a that was at Madison Square Garden, right? Which one? The one. Oh, uh, maybe we did. I can't remember. Yeah, COVID just knocked me out of going to see anything, so it's all like. Yeah, I haven't been to. Memory. Maybe Madison Square Garden was the last fight I was at. No, well, 
last fight I was at was in Philly, I think, when uh, my boy got uh, taken down. Got Parks? What's that? No, at uh, the Union thing. What's that called? Where the Union plays? No, 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 no. What's that? um, What's that? No, no, no. Um, One of the union halls in the Northeast? Yeah. Like where they have all those union halls? Yeah, I think so. Or what's his name? It's it's the the featherweight. How am I forgetting his name? Got like destroyed by that. uh, He walked into a, a cross. Oh, you're talking about Christian Cardo. Yes, yes. I think that's the last fight I've been okay. to. That was down at uh, 2300 Arena. And that was yeah, a that's what, yeah. But he just that came back. He too. just had a win a couple weeks ago. The first fight oh, nice. back since then. I mean, he was really – he was an up-and-comer, like? and that was not expected. And he fought a journeyman, Southpaw. Ooh, that was a He walked into look. one. Yeah, I, well, I saw uh, – just happened to because the one of the guy that we – the gym I used to work out at, uh, they had a pro, uh, light heavyweight, and um, David won two Murray. And I would go watch him fight at a lot of the local Philly places, casinos and stuff. And so I ended up seeing a lot of Christian Cardo's uh, early professional fights. And then we saw him at uh, Lee Cora Center too. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was I and and I knew someone from work who knew his dad or uncle or something so uh i kind of became a fan of him and so that was tough tough to see in a lot of ways but good to hear, good to see that he's back yeah yeah i don't know i mean that's not an easy thing to recover from no um no that was scary when it's you're one young, thing to be when you're that young and you're a big like and you're he was he was on the radar oh yeah well that was supposed to be one of his like he was stepping up the competition. He was fighting fight, yeah. a lefty. Um, and it was going to be a big win. And, you know, there's – don't – experience counts for a lot in boxing. And uh, this guy, where is he from? Was he Mexican? I can't remember where he's from. Uh, I, don't f- I don't know. But he uh, – that was that – was, that was a tough one. But uh, the other guy who was on that card is Sonny Conta, the heavyweight out of Philly. Who uh still undefeated, still still moving along in his career, so nice. Keep your eye on him. Yeah. I think top rank signed him. Yeah, I want to get back into going fights and stuff. That was fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of venues. You'd be you'd be surprised that, you know. It's not like you gotta, you know. We've been we've been to Atlantic City. We've gone up to New York a few times, but you can you can still see some pretty good fights right in the Philly area. Oh yeah, that's their stuff around me too. Oh yeah, they do fight. I mean, usually local fights, but yeah. But know, I like the, the more guy. local fights and in, in the smaller venues. I mean, you're right on top of uh, right on top of the ring. Action. Yeah. Gains you a little appreciation. Um, so anyway, that was your boxing weekend recap. 
now that we're <laughs> 13 minutes in. Maybe 15 since I cut out. Yeah, 16, actually. Oh. Yeah, we're, we're going through the wide world of sports. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the, the Eagles. And uh, we'll do hey, boxing. They had a this, win. This one. They did. Guys made some plays. People stepped up. So that was good. Flyers start Friday. Playing the crazy Canucks at home. Go Flyers. See what happens there. Yeah. yeah. I'm bullish. Good. Bullish on the season. More bullish. Bitcoin or Flyers? Oh, man. We'll call it a... Uh, We'll call it, call it a draw. Oh, you think that Bitcoin is going to pump until December and then just crash hard <laughs> and then fizzle out and then by this time next year, we'll same deal? Well, what's, what's the equivalent of Bitcoin winning the Stanley Cup? <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What's the number? Is there a number? I don't know. 100K? Yeah, 100K. So what happens? Uh, what happens first? What happens flyers win a cup or 100K? 100K, easily. No, that's, that's, not, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, a million. Ooh, there's a good one. <sighs> well, if I have to guess, a million's probably, and this is a total guess, doesn't mean anything. Seven years away. Yeah, I was going to say five years, but um, I was too. But then we're, we're in the we're in the ballpark. So yeah, that's to be. Uh, or, or maybe we'll do a Twitter poll. <laughs> yeah. See what the people think. Yeah. Flyers win the cup or Bitcoin hits a million dollars. What happens first? I don't know. Because there is this rule well, in hockey that all you have to do is get in the playoffs and anything can happen. Right, and you just have to have, have a hot goalie. goalie. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. So if they have, um, if they can do that, which anyone can, they got a shot. That's true. That's true. I am going to stake my claim and say the Flyers win the cup before Bitcoin hits a million dollars, because the Flyers are going to win every year between now and then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bold. And I'm going to say the Flyers are going to win every cup for the next seven years too, but I'm going to say Bitcoin gets to a million first. Boom. How about that? <laughs> All right. So you're, so are you actually, so you're saying a million? I would say, yeah, I'll say a million before the Flyers win a cup. Sure. Okay. Should we have a wager for this? Should we like put something on this? Um, sure. Uh, how about, how about a, a lamb? A lamb on an entire lamb? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, if, yeah, if, you know, if, if Bitcoin hits a million dollars, you know, that's going to be like just a couple sats for me to buy you a, a whole lamb. So it's going to be, you, you may get it. You're this, probably going to have me cook care. it. I'll be happy. Yeah. You have to cook it. Uh, I'll buy, no, let's do, let's do a cow then. Well, hold on. Um, oh, no, that still works out for me. Yeah. No, it works. No matter what it is, it works out for you. Yes, yes. The, uh, like this is basically. Um, this is I want to eat a cow. Right, and you're willing to pay a lot more for it than <laughs> to, I will. Yeah, exactly. 
I really want okay. this cow. All right, yeah, I like this. So we're not, it's not a live cow. We're getting a butchered cow, right? Sure. And we roasting it whole or are we? No, 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 no. We're getting a bull and you have to take it down and then we cook it. It's fine. All right. So you're buying, wait, so we're splitting the cat. Whoever, so the, the loser of the bet buys the cow that we split? Yeah, sure. Okay. I like this. Yeah. I don't know how much a cow costs, and I'm in. And if, if Bitcoin's a yeah, million watch, dollars, watch, it's going to be easy. Yeah, watch Bitcoin hits a million dollars, but there's just like massive uh, shortage of cows, and it costs like 10 <laughs> Bitcoins for a cow. Yeah. That's the only way I lose, but I'm I'm thinking that the opposite happens. Yeah, yeah. No matter what we put on, man, this you 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 have you have man, you have to root for the Flyers to lose this year. Where I'm buying an entire cow, which I want to do, so um, it's a it's actually a win win either way. Okay. How much do you think the price is going to go up? And I don't know. I don't know. I also don't know how to cook an entire cow. I have instructions for it. Have you ever cooked a whole animal before? Yeah, chicken. Nice. I've never done that. I always <laughs> and, cut and it up in parts. Fish. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I've cooked a turkey before too. And a fish. I've done that too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, if people saw me tweeting about it and, and everything, I uh, I cooked a whole lamb this weekend. Had the, uh, now now the annual barbecue at my house second year in a row and uh this year i decided that i was going to do uh churrasco the brazilian grilling and typical churrasco is the uh the picana cut which is the uh what's it the the sirloin cap put on skewers and and you cook that over over the coals but uh i did i decided i want to do something else so i did some skewered stuff i the uh the menu was um, beer chicken thighs marinated in beer and some and some herbs. Put them on the skewers. Chicken hearts uh, and a Brazilian sausage over the skewers, and then had the uh, potato salad, bunch of uh, pickled vegetables, kind of like the anipas kind of things. Olives, roasted peppers, tomatoes, artichoke hearts. Um, and the uh, I forget how you say it, Capriana, sure, Caprica, uh, which is the uh, kind of the national Brazilian drink, I think. Which you take uh, cachaca, which I'm not sure if that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, but it's a, uh, a sugarcane rum that you muddle some lime and uh, uh, simple syrup, and then you add I'll have the to check cachaca. in with me on this. I don't know if this is true. Yeah, no, it is. And then you put a bunch of ice in there, and you have that. And then, uh, but the uh, the piece de resistance, the main event, was I bought a whole lamb and roasted it over a fire on a metal cross that I made. So, um, I want to tell, I don't think I really told you much of, like, how all this went down. Because this started... Uh, I found a place uh, not far from me, a uh, Pakistani butcher 
sells whole lambs and whole goats. And so I called them on Tuesday to see about, I'd emailed them before asking for like a quote on the prices and, uh, you know, how I should go about placing an order. And they responded. And so I called on Tuesday, being like, oh, what are, you know, checking out about seeing what I could do about ordering a lamb. And, uh, you know, like from Arrested Development, when they're driving in the taxi and Buster is yelling at the uh, taxi driver in Arabic, and it just sounds like chaos. And then Michael's like, what did he say? He's like, oh, the George Washington Highway's backed up and we're going to take over here. Like, that's what it was like. Like, I call them up and um, it's just like I hear chaos in the background. The guy's like yell talking at me and um, I just barely knew what was going on. Um, you there, Slappy? You're quiet. Uh, we lost you again. Slappy just said, are you serious? All right. So I don't want to lose your thing. So we're going to stop the recording and we're going to do a new one, I think. Why is this happening? I don't know. I think it's on your end. Clearly. Okay. I'm going to stop this recording so we can save these files. All right, we're back. That gave me an opportunity to grab a beer. Since apparently this is one of those episodes where I have to grab a beer because of Slappy's inability to stay on the call. Mm -hmm. So where was I, Slappy? I don't know where you are. You probably do. Oh, you were talking about getting a lamb or something. Yeah, so... And I do have an idea where you are, actually. Yes. I'm at my house. Yeah. But, so I'm, I'm calling this place, and it's just kind of, like, chaotic and um, kind of, like, getting yelled, talked at, like, you kind of would... Ex- like, the stereotype was kind of what you would expect it would be. And it was kind of funny. So they call me up on... I play. I tell them what I want. I place the order. They call me up on Thursday and they're like, oh, you, you know, you place the lamb, the order for the lamb. Um, when, when can you come get it? When do you want it? I said, uh, I can come Friday to pick it up. Okay. Uh, how about like Friday five, you know, uh, about nine o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh, well, I got to work during the day. So can I come in the evening? And they're like, oh, no. oh, we're very, very busy. Very busy in the all oh, Friday afternoon. Very, very busy. Very busy. I was like, ah, uh, like, it's kind of the only time I can come. They're like, oh, well, the butcher's going to be so busy with with cutting other everybody else's orders. And I said, oh, no, 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 I just I just need the whole lamb. I don't I don't need it it butchered at all. Oh, oh, very very good. So yes, you can come any anytime. Anytime on Friday is good. Thank you, thank you. Okay, great. That works. So, yeah. Wait, did he think he wanted like you wanted it all butchered? All yeah. Cut out? Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably what most people ask for. Sure, I, and I, I, that would be a lot of work, I imagine. You're like, yeah. dude, we got a million orders, and you want me to chop up another right. one? No, not happening. I've never ordered an entire lamb or entire large animal, so I don't know what's involved with, like, how I should do this. So it's all all new to me. So I show up Friday afternoon, and like I've been doing other stuff. Once I'd gotten home from work, 
did a lot of shopping for stuff, doing a lot of cooking and prepping for, for the next day. Um, shout out to Mrs. McFlugel or mm. Mama McFlugel, my mom, who, who my parents were over this weekend. And so they were very helpful uh, with helping me get stuff ready. But um, they weren't uh, at my house yet, which which will come up in a little bit. That'll be relevant. But uh, so I show up and I'm kind of just like standing there waiting. And this little old Pakistani lady walks up who works there and she goes, what do you what do you need? What do you need? I'm like, I'm here to pick up the lamb that I ordered under Rallo. Oh, what do you do? Why did you say something? And I got yelled at by her for I'm not really sure what you should have been. Yeah, I think she She wanted me to like walk up and tell her I was walking back to the butcher area. And so. You know, they're asking, like, what do you want? And I was like, I'm here for the order for the whole lamb. You want whole lamb? You want it, the, like, do you want it cut in pieces? The whole, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I ordered a whole lamb. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And uh, they opened the uh, the big walk-in cold box. And like, I guess it was like the son, one of the sons or something or grandsons mm-hmm. walks out with this whole lamb. With like hole is in head still attached, uh, like all the legs there with the hooves, mm-hmm. um, just just skinned and I guess gutted. And they're like, "All right, this is it. Look good." They're like, "Yep." Yeah. Like, do you want it like in a bag or something? And I was like, uh. "Just put it over your shoulder and grab the <laughs> legs and walk out." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, please." Yeah. So they got like two big black trash bags and. Put put them all over either end. Went uh, went over and paid for it, and uh, like the poor poor kid was just like standing out there with a <laughs> with a lamb holding it there. So I t- I walk outside, I take it from him, and I'm like, uh, I don't really work. So it drove home in the front seat of my car, hmm. in the passenger seat. Nice. Buckle it up. I did not. Um. It's already dead, so it's been funny if you got pulled over or something. Like, what's that? That's nothing, sir. It's a dead body. It's a dead body in my passenger seat. Yeah. (laughs) So I had no idea how big a lamb would be. And I was just kind of figuring that I would be able to wrangle it into my refrigerator. Really? And well, I never saw a lamb before. No, but I didn't know. I thought it would be like cut up, not cut up, but like with most of the legs off. And you could kind of like, I was thinking I'd have to take out some shelving in the refrigerator and I kind of angle it up there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. I thought it would be a stretch or, or just kind of like a, I didn't know. I, this, this was, this was me next to the eggs. Yeah, I really didn't put much thought into this part. And I kind of also had previously figured that I would just get it Saturday and just not have to worry about that. Yeah, but cook it. I actually needed it because the, there was like a brine and marinade hmm. I did for it. But uh, so I get home, I'm like, what in the world? Uh, as I'm driving home, I'm like, what in the world do I do? How do I do this? This is not going to fit in anywhere that I have. So on the way home, I stop at a supermarket and buy some bags of ice. And I figure I have these like big uh, storage containers in the basement filled with all like old uh, like Lionel <laughs> HO trains. And so uh, I just probably like, 
Uh, they're about the, the length of my, maybe like five, five and a half feet long. They're pretty big, pretty deep. Okay. And so what I do is I, I emptied it out, vacuumed it out, cleaned it out a little bit, brought it upstairs in the kitchen. And meanwhile, I had placed the lamb on the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. I got some trash bags, big contractor trash bags, and put it over the table. And uh, I was like, all right, how am I going to do this? I've got like a, a cleaver and everything, but um, not like a massive cleaver. That's not going to really do the job here. Do you so. have like, like it's all drained, right? There's no like blood. In yeah, there. there's no blood. Yeah. The, uh, the heart, liver, and kidneys were still attached inside. So I, I cut them out, which. Did you cook them? Uh, no, I think that's going to be tomorrow's dinner. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. Found some ways to do each of them. So, all right. Um, actually, I might marinate the heart and chimichurri and grill it. There you go. And uh, so, I like I gotta like cut the the bottom halves of the legs off at these joints. I gotta like cut this head off. I'm like, oh, how like, tough is that going through? Because I mean, you're doing it at the joint, but you got all that cartilage, everything in there. It's yeah, gotta, and bone. Yeah. So I went in my garage and grabbed the hacksaw. Had a boy. And uh actually saw in the neck off was was it did a real good job. Satisfying, huh? Of course. well, not really. <laughs> I'm, it's old hat. Yeah. It's just another day. Another day. Yeah. Another day in the McFlugal household. Yep. Um no, no, but uh in case people didn't get that joke. Uh no, that was the first large animal I've ever uh Whose head I ever sawed off? Um, Did you mount it? No. Um, I was I was trying to decide like, do I use a wood blade or a metal blade? What did you use? Did you go with the? I used the metal blade. A little finer, finer teeth. Yeah. I don't know if that was the correct choice to make, but it did the job. It worked. And so around this time, after I got the head off. And the head's like sitting in a in a big bowl with the the other innards and starting to get the bottom halves of the legs in there. I hear the door open. It's my parents coming coming in, and I just shout out, "You're not going to like what you see in here." Did they know what they to expect? No, not really. They knew I was cooking a whole lamb, but they I don't think it really registered like what that would be like. And so my mom's like, oh, what's going like, how, how, what is it? What's going? I said, however, whatever you think it is, it's a, it's a lot worse. So my dad walked in and he started laughing. He enjoyed the whole thing. And my mom went around my kitchen and like my house and just every, she just held her hand up in front of her eyes. So she wouldn't look at it. Mm hmm. But she did pretty successfully. I think at one point, after a while, she finally kind of caught a caught a glimpse of it. But I realized I probably didn't have enough ice, so I my dad was able to go out and buy buy some more bags of ice for me. So I got that big uh, storage thing. I had uh, I already had plastic, like like just a whole lot of plastic sheeting, and so I lined the bottom, lined it with the plastic, dumped the ice in there. Then put another line of plastic over the ice, and then we lifted the the lamb in there, and then I put in the brine marinade in there, and then put another layer of plastic over it, and uh, put it out 
in the uh, in the garage because it was supposed to be dropped down to about 60 that night and figured that would be cooler than my basement. Put the lid on and then got an old comforter and put that over it for some insulation and Keep let that warm. chill. Yeah, let that chill overnight. Nice. Um, and uh, that actually did a real good job. I checked it the next morning. It was still cold. And then... Um, I bought this uh, five foot diameter fire ring, which I am going to use. It's it's because I just had to put make this bonfire in the middle of my backyard somewhere, and I went like I want to make a fire pit, so it's good to have that ring anyway. And so, uh, it's around one thirty in the afternoon. I uh, started the fire, used cherry wood that I had from some trees that had fallen. And got the fire going. And then with the help of my dad, we got this uh, metal cross that I'd made uh, that week. And pulled the lamb out and put it over on top of the cross. Cut it open a little bit so I could kind of butterfly it a little bit more. And then uh, got some nine wire and tied it to the cross uh, on each of the legs on the cross uh, members and then went through the, the center, the main uh, vertical stake and poked it through the, uh, the flesh around the, the spine and tied it down there and then carried it out and uh, had a big 10 pound mallet. <laughs> we, uh, kind of staked it in place and then hammered it in, uh, leaning over the fire at a kind of a decent angle. So, yeah. So now at that angle, I mean, obviously, or maybe not obviously, but part of the animal is going to be closer to the fire than the other part. So is that you kind of put that in like a certain way or are you just like, this was more rare than down here or how's that work? Yeah. So I'll get, so, um, I'll get to that. Okay. Cause now we're into the, how, how, how it takes to cook. So, um, actually had to, we, I, I went and stopped the process of like tying it down and lifting it up. Cause I kept like, which side is it supposed to be on? And, uh, it was supposed to be the, uh, the backside, the skin, what do they call it? The skin side, um, over the fire first. And of course, you know, I put it in backwards. And so, and so we had to pull it out, set it back in. And then because of the wind is blowing, I didn't have it set very well with the wind. So moved it again. So it was, uh, it was uh downwind of the fire. So any of that, all the hot gases were going towards the, uh, right into the, into the lamp. So yeah, I don't know. You kind of, kind of lean it over and I guess you could probably make the fire so that the, it can it can cook it fairly evenly um but after two hours we flipped it and then so we started it right around three o'clock i think we put it over the fire so at five we flipped it i think it was around seven according to the book i have the trasco book i have it should really only take a total time about two and a half three hours i had it on there for about four hours i think did you have it higher over the flame than recommended or was that just how it worked no, I just I just think that they probably know how to manage the fire better. Yeah. 
and maybe maybe have it had. Although I think my angle was better than theirs. Not better, but I think it was leaning more more horizontal than theirs. For what I saw in the pictures, I don't know, but they probably did. So what we did was we, and it was funny because for the longest time, I'm like looking at this thing, I'm like, it doesn't look like it's cooking. And I'm like, this is never going to get done. And then when it was time, it was just like suddenly it was like, wow, this looks, this looks done. Uh, brought out a uh, an instant read thermometer, took some took some temperature readings, the bottom half and those uh, in like the the bottom shoulders or the rear shoulders. I don't know what you're mm-hmm. supposed to call them. They were they were at a good temperature. The top was not quite there. So what we did was. And this is what's fun when you do this, when you have a lot of people, because it's, 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 it's an ordeal. It's a big event. And so everyone's like, and it's something really different. And so everyone, at least all the dudes there were very like interested in what was going on. And I was like, Hey, who wants to help me do blah, blah, blah. Like nothing about this is normal. So everyone wants to go and, and help and, and, and figure this out. Um, so what we decided to do is we we're going to cut off the bottom half and uh, let the top continue. So I got one of the cutting boards and got someone on either side. I was holding on the one side of the cutting board and got someone on the other side getting the cutting board. We had uh, someone with uh, wire cutters clip off the the, uh, nine wire, holding the bottom down. I also (laughs) retied the top to make sure that was uh, able to support the weight up there because it was really the bottom legs were, were supporting the bulk of it. And then, uh, unclipped that the bottom parts and then, uh, had to cut it, cut the spine, had a knife out there. My, uh, my trusty chef's knife, but that couldn't get through the spine. So got the, uh, got the old, uh, hacksaw out again and hacked through it. And the bottom half came off. We brought that inside and started uh, cutting cutting it up a little bit and picking the meat off it. Then we pulled the uh, pulled the steak out of the ground, and then at that point, the fire was uh, was mostly just kind of coals that I raked around, so it wasn't it was they're just hot hot coals, mm-hmm. not flame anymore. And then just laid it over the the ring, and then flipped it once. There's actually at one point there was uh, there's actually some some logs left and, and I, uh, I looked outside and saw flame shooting up. I'm like, uh, that's good. That's not good. And so, uh, addressed that and it was fine after that. Let that cook a little bit more than brought, brought the bottom half in. Um, that was easier to do because we could just lay, have a cutting board on a table. And then we just picked up the, the steak and, and dropped it over. And then we was just able to cut the clips off and, uh, was already sitting down there. So, uh, it was delicious. It was, it was fabulous. Um, with the help of some friends, they were able to help identify some of the nicer cuts we did. I forget what it was called, like the spot, like the back meat right along, along the spine. That was really good. And then he flipped it over and cut out the tenderloin. And wow, was that, was that tasty. Never had lamb ten- tenderloin before. Don't um, know that I have either. It was almost like it, it was 
like melt in your mouth, kind of like almost tasted like a pork. Mm. If pork melted in your mouth like that, mm-hmm. but like not like a typical like pork, like a pulled pork because it just kind of like falls apart. This like held together. Mm-hmm. Uh, really juicy. Um, and just just fabulous. The lamb's kind of got like the interest how the fat's all layered in there. And and so kind of like was basing itself that way. Wasn't dry at all, even though it was probably on there for longer than it might have been supposed to be. Had some good areas of uh, different doneness. So still, still got some kind of like medium rare spots, uh, but just, just fantastic. Um, and then, uh, you know, that was, that was cooked late. A lot of people had eaten a lot already. So, um, there's a lot left over, which is okay with me. Been eating leftover lamb for the last two days and it's been still delicious. Um, but, uh, today, today I, uh, kind of got all the meat off everything and just I had the uh the bones left and then uh actually started uh there's a stock lamb stock cooking in there right now as we speak nice that's been going all day and i'm gonna make some lamb stew there you go french um so we'll see how that turns out i'm sure people see pictures pictures on twitter of that um but yeah so at one point when we were trying to like figure out if it was done and how I was going to take this off the, the cross, it was, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you, people might've thought that I knew what I was doing before this. I didn't. I'm just unable to hide it that I don't know what I'm doing at this point, but it worked out. And, and it's, uh, you know, this, this is not like a cheap thing, you know, it's a 35 pound lamb. Uh, you know, do the math per pound, what you might think, uh, you know, lamb would be. Um, you're buying in bulk. It's gotta be a little cheaper than that. I'll say it was, it was about $315 okay. to buy that lamb. It was like Worth nine bucks it? a pound. Oh yeah. Plus I had to build, I mean, well, it's a good, like if you were going to feed, how many people are that? I mean, if you do like burgers and dogs, it's cheap, but if you're going to buy like steak and, Oh yeah. You know, yeah, I, I know. It could feed a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's just a lot of money to sink on one thing. Oh yeah, but, uh, for sure. No, I'm not I'm not, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, but, it was like I don't know you couldn't make so I'm not trying to like give you FOMO or not FOMO, but like so I know you wanted to make it but you weren't yeah, able to. But no. it, it was it was just an absolute blast. Yeah, I heard it was fun. Just like, and I, I recommend like just going out and doing that kind of stuff, getting a bunch of people together, doing something that's kind of crazy and out of the ordinary and something that's outside of your comfort zone, something you may not know how to do exactly, but like, it's the most fun thing in the world. And then when you're done and you get to finally like see, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor, it's just, it's so satisfying. But you'll be happy to know, Slappy, that uh, I was talking to my cousin earlier in the week after I placed this order for the lamb, and uh, he's actually raising lambs for food. So I now have a lamb guy, and so I can get lamb for probably way cheaper than I just did. 
so this means that this is definitely happening probably on the regular. Cool. So yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. And now I know how to do a little better, so it'll be uh, less panicky. Yeah. Well, I know my kids were disappointed as well. And so we'll have to bring them out and do it yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, I might. I'll, it'll probably be a little bit simpler next time and just kind of, well, simpler and in, in not having as much other food. Just do kind of a simple. You don't need all that stuff. No, you don't. Get like small appetizers. Like the hearts are probably a good idea. Little things to snack on. Right. But the chicken, I mean, the chicken's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But if you're mm-hmm. going to eat the goat, it's like, you know. Right, right. Yeah, they, they do sell goats. And, and also they have, uh, they or do have. the lamb. They had lamb and goat's heads for $8 a piece there. What do you get out of them? Um, Is that like stewing meat? I'm going to use it for, I'm going to make more stock and use it for that. Yeah. But I think okay. the neck meat's probably really good. The animal neck meat is usually, I like chicken. I neck. think is, yes. Uh, I've made a pork neck stew, which was delicious. I like beef neck. Um, just the spine meat in general on this thing was yeah. was was really tasty. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I if 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 you should do it, like people go out there and try it and do it, and uh, you won't be disappointed. And there's nothing. There's just nothing like cooking over fire. So that's the uh, there you that's go. The lamb, that's the lamb story. The lamb story is in. I still have a, a ton of meat left over. That's good. If you want to stop by for lunch, Slappy, we we can eat. Yeah, some I was going to say, uh, bring some to the airport. Yeah, not sure I can get that through. <laughs> So, just tell them it was from the Muslim. Uh, yeah, well, it was halal. Butcher. Yeah. Well, the the butcher was halal. I don't know what I did to it. Yeah, it you halal. you probably ruined the halalness of it. But. Can you? Is beer halal? I don't know. Because I part of the marinade was beer. I don't know halal rules. Mm. So I don't know if. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what halal rules are. Hmm. Um, so there were some other... I didn't want this totally to just be about lamb this episode, although I'm happy just to talk about that. So now we're going to talk about the chicken you made. Yes. Now, actually, the beer chicken is really, really tasty. It's really simple. You uh, white pepper, rub it on the chicken thighs, bone in, skin on, as it should always be. And then the marinade that you, you know, overnight is good. You should aim for overnight marinade is uh, dump some, some beer, like a lager in there, crushed garlic, and then fresh sage, oregano, and rosemary. And then uh, skewer it up and put it over some, uh, some hot coals and try to not to get it, uh, 
too dark, just you you want to flip it a lot so it uh, just gets like a nice golden color, and then cooks through. Right when it when it's when it cooks through, uh, take it off and, and serve it, and it's absolutely delicious. A little Brazilian uh, churrasco style. Um, next is how I did the chicken hearts. <laughs> The uh, so last week we talked about Jamie Dimon on Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and uh, looks like oh he was back in the news today or something. Yeah, he kind of doubled down a bit. I, I didn't have the whole thing, but he said, uh, "I'll just challenge the group to one other thing. How do you know it ends at twenty one million? Oh, yeah. yeah, you all read the algorithms. You guys all believe that? I don't know. I've always been a skeptic of stuff like that." So, what do you think about that, Slappy? Um, I mean, he is probably not lying. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of one I mean, of the things we were saying was, been, yeah, go ahead. Last week was about like his guys that are you know explaining Bitcoin tones. He's probably not going out, and he should be going to BitcoinTrickle.com or Ten Hours Bitcoin.com yeah. and learn about Bitcoin. Um, yeah, he's probably just wants to spend time riding this tractor or something, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like this is something that man, if this is what you it's a tough one, it's a tough one, man. Like, you could go read in the code what the limit is on Bitcoin, and if someone tries to mine more Bitcoin than that. Or have a transaction yeah, that I creates mean, Bitcoin out of thin air. It just gets like my node tells me that there will only ever be twenty one Bitcoin that I ever accept that that will ever be in the network that I'm on. Yeah, I mean it. It has every whatever blocks and event, it approaches twenty one million. Yeah, to and, say like, oh well, they could like decide to change it. It's like, well, who's the they? I, yeah, I was gonna say not if we don't all change it. Right. So it's really just uh, just shows a not good understanding. But then he turns around and says, our clients are adults. They disagree, and that's what makes markets. If they want to have access to buy or sell Bitcoin, we can't custody it, but we can give them legitimate, as clean as possible access. So I think that's the more important line uh, because, like we were saying, uh, actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. So if they're kind of onboarding, or maybe not, maybe not onboarding people, but exposing people to Bitcoin things, then uh, you know he can say all he wants about how he thinks it's stupid or whatever. And oh, I don't want it. Although, who knows? He probably owns it at this I'm point. I'm sure he does. Yeah. So just a little follow up on that thing. The other thing. This this kind of annoys me. Uh, well, so did you see uh, Governor Abbott of Texas? They're apparently like signing a bill that makes vaccine mandates illegal. No. And they're doing it for all entities. So they're banning it for private businesses too. And you've got all these people coming and saying like, oh, the, oh like the 
the Lulberts are going to say that this is like authoritarian or something. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, like the government should not be dictating what private businesses do. Um, there's nothing wrong with being a consistent libertarian and saying that that is wrong. Um, it's just like when we were talking about the um, the law in El Salvador that made Bitcoin legal tender. Uh, part of that law said that all merchants had to accept Bitcoin. Uh, if someone wanted to pay you in Bitcoin, that they had to accept it. Like, that's wrong. Like, I disagree with that. It shouldn't be, uh, that, that should not have been in the law. It doesn't mean that I have to say, like, everything about this legal tender law is bad, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, like, there can be, like, you can look at something and say, like, hey, I think it's great that Texas is saying that they're going to not allow, you know, mandates by the government. I think they, and, and then say, oh, I think they overstepped their, uh, overstepped the line by dictating what private businesses and people are allowed to do. Um, and you could even say, overall, I'd rather live in that place than a place like Australia where uh -huh. like they're mandating vaccines. But like, it, it's, it's not like a binary thing. It's not because if they don't do this, then the other thing would happen. Um, so what do you think of, about all that slappy? It's, I'm just frustrated because it's like, well, we everything government does is authoritarian. That's the point of government. Right. Like, but if you, but, but like if, if the government like does something to prevent itself from doing something, we you don't know, like that's that better than, right. right. I mean, like that's, that's good. Like if the government came out, if, if the federal government came out and said like, Hey, we're making this law where we can't collect income taxes anymore. Like that would be the government restricting itself, which is good. Yeah, I would. I would. I would. I would support that law. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not vaccinated, so you know, <clears throat> Pennsylvania would never do something like that. But if they did, I'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah, you can sit there. Like, I'm not going to sit there and criticize someone who says, you know what, overall. Like, I'm okay with this happening, you know, with the way the law is, even with the, you know, the unlibertarian part of it, because I'd rather live in a place like this than, than a place that does the opposite. Okay. It like, is, like, I, I, I mean, yeah, it's, that's kind of what, like, I just don't care what government does. Right. I, I, should I say that? Like, of course I do. Like, I don't want to get arrested. I don't want to get killed. And I, I behave that way. Um, you know, I would feel Bad, even though I think that the business owner would be delusional, if someone is truly concerned about people having the vaccine and they're like, no, I want my employees to have it and they're going to have it. And, you know, I, it's their property. Well, it's just frustrating to me that we're like libertarians and like we like I don't, usually. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you, the conversation is always like, you know, people – Individuals are responsible for their own decisions and they get to that. I mean, that's what choice is. It's, it's the ability to make the wrong decision. As long as you're not 
violating someone else's rights, you know, you, you have to be able to make decisions and, and choices. Where it does come into like where where they make like valid points is those lines get blurred between government and uh, private sector on the, in those big corporations a lot of the time because there is no as far as I know there is no mandate for any of it. Like all he did was put out a press release to say companies over a hundred employees have to do it. There's no law. There's nothing in the books that says you have to. Right. But all these companies went along. Well, many of them did. And, um, you know, so it, it's like, it's a complicated thing or it's not, I don't think it's as clear cut. Like, yeah. And that's why I'll, you know, leave some wiggle room for people to like, say, you know what, given, given, the circumstances of where we're at, I'll accept this as movement in the right direction. Yeah. But what I don't accept is people criticizing a libertarian for being consistent and just acknowledging that like, all right, this might be a positive direction for freedom overall, even but though it's kind of yeah. riding the rumble strip, riding on the rumble strip. Yeah. I see what but, you're saying. Cause I agree with that. Like I would say the same thing. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, like, like you, you mentioned before, it's like, where would I rather live? Well, I would much rather live in a place that says you cannot require vaccines over a place that says you must require vaccines. Right. You know, both are authoritarian. Yeah. And it's not. And, and the other thing is, like, I think people are very quick to just assume that that's just like a binary thing. That it's either it's one or government the mandates vaccines for everyone or that the government comes out and says we're banning mandates. Like that's yeah. not how it's played out at all. Right. Like there's no – is there any place in the country right now where they're mandating people within their jurisdiction – to get vaccines from the government. I know there's businesses that have done that. I yeah, mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's no jurisdictions that. that have said like, if you live, if you're a citizen of, you know. Yeah, you must have it. I don't yeah. think so. So it's clearly not the binary case. I'm not saying that like that middle third, not middle ground, but that, that third option. Is that what it does? Or are they talking about like, cause like did, did LA say something about all the kids have to have it in schools? Uh, yeah, I saw something about that, but I don't know if that's just like public and I don't schools. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm sure it is. I don't know. But I don't know if that actually became like a lot. I don't know. I don't know either. But, I don't but even th- still, like what? that's one place. Like we can, we can pick out a but few this places. Is all the but- same, and this is all the same stuff we've talked about forever. Like if you could go back to 2001, around this time, 20 years ago, um, many people were concerned about terrorist attacks. Like no one, like Scott Horton says, nobody, no Americans were paying attention in the nineties. A lot of people, myself included thought, Oh, okay. They just attacked us for no reason because we're free. Um, Obviously I was wrong, uh, wildly wrong, dangerously wrong. But what I remember hearing libertarians at the time say, no, you want to set up this TSA, you want to set up this Department of Homeland Security, you want to, you know, do whatever to stop stop the terrorists, um, it's going to come back and hurt you. And at the time, people, a lot of people thought, no, it's a legitimate thing. We have to do it. We can't have another 9-11. And 
Like we can't have that again. We have to do whatever it takes to stop it. And, uh, and, and people would have said it was to protect your freedom because you can't live in a society where like buildings are being bombed or attacked or planes flown into. Like, we can't live in that society. We can't be free if, you know, you can't be protected when you're walking down the street because someone's going to drive a truck bomb into you. Um, it sounds absurd today, but 20 years ago, it wasn't, I mean, it, you know, you know what I mean by that? It was, right. it was still absurd back then, but. That was, I mean, Bush's approval ratings were through the roof after 9-11. Like, Democrats and Republicans, everyone was waving the flag and, like, we got to do it. And there was a few people who weren't. And I remember hearing them and somewhat dismissing them, but I never forgot them. And, uh, you know, they said things like, it's going to come back and hurt you. And, and it's the same thing when George Bush was doing executive orders at the end. And, uh, and then, uh, and, and, you know, Republicans were cheering it. And then libertarians were saying, well, Obama's going to come in and do that. And then the same thing happened with Obama and then with Trump. I mean, it's just, you know, you want government to do things that you like, but it's going to hurt you in the end. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, yeah. How, how ironic is it that all the people that were so supportive of the Patriot Act things and, you know, getting, yeah. getting, uh, uh, grabbed, fell up and, uh, getting your x-rays done at the uh at the airport by the tsa are now the ones that are so terrified of those same people uh -huh. and the organizations the csa uh -huh. the tsa is are going to be the ones at the airports enforcing vaccines you know, right the vaccine or whatever passes whatever you want to call it like that it's the perfect example of it but now suddenly people on the right and and also a lot of libertarians are saying like, no, no, we can, we can harness this, uh, this power of the state and use it only for things that are good. It's never going to backfire. And this power that we allow them to have or, or are supportive of, they'll never use that for anything that's bad in the future. Like, holy cow, like this whole stupid COVID mess, like the government is responsible for all the problems with it. But suddenly you think that the government's now going to be the solution for it. Like, holy cow. Like you're just dumb. I don't know what else to say. If you're a libertarian and it's been in this space for a while, that like, this isn't your first rodeo with, with the government doing anything. It's just stupid. It's stupid to think that you're going to, uh, you know, that you're under control here. The idea that, like, you know, and, and I'm, and again, you can sit there and look at what Abbott is doing or DeSantis is doing, and say, like, you know, overall, I think this is good or I think this is bad. You can have your comments on it and, and think it's pushing in, in a good or bad direction. But the idea that, like, you know, random libertarians. Uh, have any sort of like control or impact on what uh, Abbott in Texas is doing and that they're not going to cut the wheel and do something really bad. It's just idiotic. And you've just learned absolutely nothing ever if you think otherwise, because, you know, <laughs> you just look at the history of all this stuff. And I think we lost Slappy again. And, Slappy says, I'm not here again. Take us to the end. You did.
Okay. So I think that's all we're going to do today. Um, I don't know what's going on. We have been, I think, was it last episode we lamented about our technical difficulties? Well, half of the podcast seemed to have solved that. That was two episodes, or was it? I don't remember. Uh, Slappy saying, I'm on Firefox this week. Sorry, Microsoft. Oh, man. I wonder if Slappy's like using Internet Explorer or something. Holy cow. Slappy's typing, no, no. Oh, he's probably using Windows. Slappy's typing. I said bad things about Microsoft Edge. It never did this to me. How can you trust any Microsoft browser, Slappy? Firefox did. I don't know. Get on Linux. Get on Linux. I don't know what you're doing, Slappy. But, uh, all right. Instead of me reading what Slappy's sending to me, let's close this out. Uh, show notes page for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 273. Check out libertymugs.com, bitcointrickle.com, and 10hoursbitcoin.com. Uh, the two best places to learn about Bitcoin at different paces. I think that'll be our uh, our little jingle saying for that now. I like it. Uh, it's a good one-two punch for uh, for different ways to learn about Bitcoin. So uh, let us know what you think about our bet. Will the Flyers win the Stanley Cup before Bitcoin hits a million dollars? What do you think about that? Uh, do you think Jamie Dimon owns Bitcoin? Do you think he is, you know, Play, just not really playing his hand and, and he's kind of saying saying something to obfuscate what he really thinks about Bitcoin and uh, do you think that you're an idiot and you really support authoritarian government things even just because you agree with them <laughs> might have loaded that one up a little bit but let us know what you think we, uh, we appreciate hearing from you all right that's it. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Peace.